0: Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 1115 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcowita.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Cowita. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Hey, listen! I I talked to you guys a couple of weeks ago about the Waze app, the W A Z E, the Waze app. And if you don't have the Waze app, you need to get the Waze app because, especially if you're on a trip. Because if you're on a trip, the Waze app will let you know what's coming up, what's coming forward. You know, it'll tell you about police, it'll tell you about all kinds of stuff. And so, I want to tell you, I was on my way to Destin uh, for a vacation about a month ago, and I was using the Waze app. Now, I don't know about your car, but in my car. Uh, usually my wife's reading a book, okay, and the, uh, I usually have a teenager with me, which is Blake, and then he usually has a friend, and most of the time they are just got their headphones in, and so it's just me in the road, all right, and so the Waze app popped up, and I had it, and I was following the Waze app, and it said, hey, turn here, there's a cop up there. Are you hungry? You want to drink? You can stop here, and it'll say go there now. And then, but you keep driving. And basically, how it works is other drivers report into the Waze app, and they tell you what's going on. And so they have Waze has this database that has they know what's really ahead, and they know the way to go and the way to turn. And so I was driving the Destin, and when I drove the Destin, I was following the Waze app. And all of a sudden, the Waze app, you know, usually it tells you the the number down there, when you're going to get there, what time are you going to get there. And so I'm watching the Waze app, and it says this. It pops up and says, delays ahead, arrival time increased 25 minutes. And I was like, well, poo, I don't want to wait 25 minutes. And so then it pops up and says this. It says, do you want a new route? It can save you 18 minutes. And at that point, right there, I had a decision to make. What was I going to do? Now, I know the route to Destin. I know exactly how to get there. We went to Florida so many times with youth, I could probably drive with my eyes closed to Destin. But I had a decision to make. So I did what any hardcore guy would do. I took my finger and I flicked down a little bit on the Waze app to see what was ahead, because I didn't trust it. And I pinched it a little bit, and I, I know I'm not supposed to be doing this driving, but don't tell the police. I pinched in and pinched out, and I pinched out, and I was like, oh, that's not bad. I don't, they don't know what they're talking about. And I kept on driving. And, and then what ended up occurring is the Waze app popped up again, and it said this. It says, are you sure you don't want to take this other route? The exit's in a mile. And in the back, a boy piped up and said, hey dad, do you see that the way, and he's talking too loud because he's got headphones in. Hey dad, do you see that the Waze app is telling you to go the mile? And I was like, son, I've got this. And I kept driving and I hit X on that, and I kept on driving. And all of a sudden, the traffic up ahead Came to a stop. And I came to a stop and I sat there for 30 minutes. And you guys ever notice that when you're going to the beach, it takes nine hours, but when you're coming home, it takes three? You ever notice that? It feels like that. I sat there and all I was thinking of is are we gonna make it in time to go walk on the beach? And then, and then there's always these guys that come up around you, and they try to hem in, you know what I'm saying? And I'm a Jesus follower, so I, of course, pull forward and look at them like, yeah, right, <laughs> all right? Don't you hate that guy? Don't you hate that guy, the guy that tries to pull? He's like, he's driving some of you, usually something that, you know, and he pulls up and tries to start edging in. And I'm like, look, bro, I'm in the raft 4 You're not getting in, all right? All right? And so I'm edging forward a little bit, and we sat there, and we went slowly and it slowly and slowly until finally we got through. Now, what was the situation there? Well, the situation was this. I had a source, I had a source that told me what was going on. I had a source that had the answer to my question. I had a source that was supposed to be a whole bunch of information that was telling me which way to go. And guess what I did? I ignored the source. I ignored it. I ignored the source. Let me tell you, we've been talking in this equipped series about God's Word and the importance of God's Word. We've been talking about the Sabbath. We talked about engaging the relationship with, uh, with, with Jesus. We talked about serving others. We also talked about how to hear. God's voice. If you hadn't been here, if you missed these messages, you can go on our app. You can go on, subscribe to our podcast. You can go in there and catch up. We talked about fasting, and it was really cool because I had a person that called me this past week and told me, hey, I want to let you know that I fasted for three days. And I was like, whoa, it was serious. Uh, but they confirmed what the Bible had said, and that is, is that when they fasted, their spiritual ears opened up because their body and, and their soul, the emotions, they had all went down and their spiritual ears opened up and things changed, like God says that they would do. We also talked last week about being alert to the opportune times of Satan. That's what we talked about. And so today I want to look at the text from 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 3. First John chapter 5, verses 1 through three, And here's what it says. It says this. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. All right. And everyone who loves the father loves his children, too. Let's go on to verse two. It says, you know, here, listen to this. You know, we love God's children if we love God. And here's the part I'm going to talk about today and obey his commandments. Okay, now verse three wraps it up. Loving God, listen to this. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And then he wraps it up by saying this, and I love this. And his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not burdensome. What he's saying is this. John is saying, I want you to know something. A loving God loves his children. And the way we show God that we love him, the way, the way that that shows that we love God is that we will keep his commandments. All right? We will keep his commandments. And oh, by the way, his commandments are not burdensome. Now, here's the typical scenario that occurs whenever you or me, whenever we come down and we decide we want to get serious with God, here's what happens. What happens is that you will be sitting usually in a church setting like this, maybe for youth or maybe even some adults. Maybe it was a camp setting. I'm not sure what the setting was, but here's what will happen. You will begin to feel the tug of Holy Spirit deep down within you, pulling you. I know I did. I felt this so strongly, pulling you toward giving your life over to Christ. And so when you do that, You will sometimes come down front. Maybe you will. You'll come down front or you'll give me a call or you'll you'll make a commitment. You will stop where you are and you will pray, Lord, I can no longer do this on my own. Lord, I need you to come and save me. Okay, I need you to come and save me. Now, at that point, what you have when you have admitted those things is you have salvation. All right. You have salvation. Now, here's here's something I want you to know. There is a difference between salvation and sanctification. Are you with me? Salvation is the point in which you turn your life over to God. You accept Christ. Sanctification begins from that moment until your physical body dies. That's what sanctification is. That's why there's a lot of people that are even sitting here today. You're sitting here, but you're not living a life that Jesus has for you because you are not submitting to the process of sanctification. Are you with me? You have salvation, but you don't have sanctification because you, all you have is, quote-unquote, your fire insurance, so to speak. Okay? That's what, that's, what, that's what old-time Southern Baptists say. But But you're not being sanctified. Sanctification begins right at the moment you give your life over to Christ, and you begin to be sanctified. And you do that, one of the ways you do that is you submit to, His commandments, which he says are not burdensome, are not burdensome at all. So, usually, what you'll do is you'll come down front, you'll give your life over to Christ, you will then be baptized, and after you're baptized, you will go into the general population. And for most of us, we never choose to be discipled by anybody. We won't seek out anyone to be to, to disciple us. And so when we, don't, when we don't begin the process of sanctification, what ends up happening is, is that we end up basically slowly fading away. We slowly fade away from God. And then all of a sudden we come across something that is a hard situation. We have a tough thing that's going to occur and we have to choose whether we're going to follow what God says or what we want. And here's what usually happens. You will never ever follow what God says if you don't understand how good he is, if you don't understand that he is for you, if you don't understand that he is your all in all, if you haven't submitted over your life, you most of the time will not choose to follow what he wants to do. And that'll take you further and further off the path. That's why there's a lot of people that go to church every Sunday. But there's no depth. There's no depth. You know that. One of the reasons you're here is because you want more depth. You want someone that's going to tell you the truth. You want someone that's going to be real to you. And that's what we hope to do here. Today I want to talk I want to talk about raising the white flag. I asked Jeremy to sing that song this week. I never usually do that, but I was like, hey, listen. I, I know Chris Tomlin gets on my nerves sometimes, but this is a good song. <laughs> Can you sing this song? And he, thank you so much, Jeremy, and the worship band for doing that. Raising the white flag. What we do is, is we give our hearts over to Jesus on the altar, and then from that point forward, oftentimes what a lot of us do is we begin the process of slowly taking it back. That's why our lives don't reflect any different than the person that sits next to us in our office or at the mall or anywhere else. We're no different than they are. Why? Because we haven't truly given our lives over to Christ. Let me talk to you. Let me me tell you a couple things, okay? And you guys can write this down. Here's the first point I want to make to you. God's word has to be the final say in your life. I want you to hear that. God's word. This is not very popular, by the way. God's word has to be the final say in your life. I had someone a couple of weeks back tell me, well, I'm sorry. I just don't think that's a sin. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but it's not your job to define what is and what is not a sin. That's not your job. Your job is not to define what is and what's not a sin. If you died to yourself, if you have no pulse, literally, your job is not to define what is and what's not a sin. Your job is to follow. That's what your job is. Your job is to follow. And I'm going to tell you something. There's some teachings in this Bible. There's some teaching in this scripture. There's some teachings that are very difficult. I want you to know that. There's some teachings that cut pretty hardcore to the bone because they're about life and death situations. There's some teachings that goes a lot against what your society is going to tell you today. All right. And I want you to know something. You can be your own God or you can worship the true God. But it starts with the word of God being the final say. That's what it starts with. It starts with the word of God being the final say. You know, it's funny. I go to the bank. I, I, I bank at Delta Community Credit Union. And they have this thing when I put in the card. And I've been doing this for like 12 or 13 years. I don't know why I've never done this, but it puts in a card and every time I go up, it says, hello, Mr. Williams, would you like to set your preferences today? And I'm like, no, I don't know why I say no. It asks me all like I do is say yes, but I'm always in a hurry and I'm trying to get money out and it says, do you want to set your preferences today? And every time I go up there, that's what it says. It's amazing because I use the Chrome browser, Google's Chrome browser. I use that because I use Google Docs. I don't know if you guys use Google Docs, but I do. And I use the Chrome browser. And whenever I started, I downloaded that Chrome browser. It popped up and it said this. It said, do you want to set up your preferences? And I said, yes, I do, because I had time. And my background is orange. You know, I love orange. I know it's obnoxious, but it's orange, and, and I, have, I have these different uh, screen savers. And I can set whether or not I want it to go straight to the Google Home page or whether I, know I want it to go to another page. I can set all these preferences. My MacBook's the same way. My back, I can hit a button and set my MacBook up where when it pops up, it shows me Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, Tennessee. Isn't that grand? I have noticed, I have this iPad up here, all right? And I've noticed something. I can set my preferences on this. I'm going to tell you guys, I've noticed some of you've got preferences too. Some of your phones, the font on it is so large on your text that you could throw it on 34 and advertise. <laughs> I'm not kidding you a bit. I've seen some of your fonts, it's like that big. It's like the whole font's like you have to scroll to read one word. What is that? Well, that's your preferences. That's your preferences. You can set your preferences. I want to tell you guys something. What a lot of people do, what a lot of people do is they want to come to church and they want to come to the scriptures and they want to set their preferences on what they do want to follow and what they don't want to follow. What they do believe and what they don't believe when it's clear in black and white. You know what that is? That's you saying, you know what? I think I'm going to have it my way. I don't know if you guys know the story of Thomas Jefferson. A lot of people know this story, but there's actually something you can buy called the Jefferson Bible. If you can believe that the Jefferson Bible. Here's what Thomas Jefferson did. Thomas Jefferson took a straight razor and he went through the Bible, the whole Bible. And he cut out all of the parts that he didn't like, and he glued together all the parts that he did like, and that's the only parts that he used. It's called the Jefferson Bible. If you've ever heard that Jefferson was a Christian, he wasn't a Christian. He was a deist, okay? He, He believed in a God, but he didn't follow Christ. But that's what Jefferson did. Thomas Jefferson, the Jefferson Bible. He did not want to follow. Oh, I don't like that part. I'm going to cut it out. Okay. I'm going to skip over that part. I'm going to do one of the reasons why, and we're not doing it in this series, but one of the reasons why I like going through a whole book, you know, a whole book of the Bible with you guys is because I can't skip over parts. I can't skip over parts. And so it challenges me to teach the full counsel of what God's saying. You know, we were... uh, we were in Palmetto at Palmetto Baptist Church for about six years. And that was when Blake was small. And when Blake was about four or five, uh, they would basically, you know, we would always stand around and talk. And so Wendy would go get him from the children's area and bring him into the sanctuary. And Blake was notorious for running under the, the wooden pews and crawling all the way around, everywhere. He would disappear. He would disappear. Wendy, one time in Kohl's, they had to shut the whole store down in Kohl's for 25 minutes. No one could leave. They placed security people at the door because my son was missing. And he was standing in between the Christmas stuff under the rack. He had crawled in under the Christmas stuff, and he was standing there in the rack. And they kept calling out his name. Blake Williams, if you're in the store, please come to. And he's standing there. And finally, some security guy found him. He grew up pretty good, but he about drove me crazy. So, so we, used to, we used to have people come in and we would fellowship and stuff. Well, Blake, the, the, they had, it was, there was pews down and there was a center aisle. Blake was notorious for the minute he would get in there. He was only four or five years old. He would take off running straight for the back door. Now, if you've never seen the old Palmetto Church... Marta buses come fly in front of that church every 15 minutes. Whoa! Every time, every 15 minutes. Well, you can know one day he takes off running and here goes Wendy behind him and she grabs him right as the bus is starting to come through. Whoosh! Picks him back. And then Wendy had a nervous breakdown. She did. She grabbed him and she was so angry with him. And we had to sit down and tell him. I had to walk him outside, and we sat there, and I said, I want you to watch something. And I made him sit there and watch those buses go by. Now, why in the world would he, why would he want, why would he want to do that? Why would he want to just leave? Why would he, well, because he didn't know any better. He didn't know any better. Why would he not be obedient to us? Well, because he wanted his own way. He wanted to do what he wanted to do. But the truth is, is what he wanted to do would kill him. But he didn't know that at the time. And the truth is, is some of the things that you want to do is killing you. But you don't know that. But there's something that tells you that, and it's right here. He's not going to leave you without knowledge. He's not going to leave you to figure out things on your own. The Scripture says that he'll never leave you or forsake you, that he's going to be with you even until the the end end of the age, even until you die. That's what God promises. Yet yeah, a lot of us, a lot of us do not want to take it as the final word, but it is the final word. And that's the other thing. Whether you want to take it or not as the final word, it is the final word. It really is. Here's the second thing that I love, and I got good news for you. Surrender, you guys, surrender is a process for most of us. Now, I want you to hear that again. Surrender is a process for most of us here's the idea that we think we think okay because we're lied to oftentimes you know a lot of preachers will get up and tell you brother if you'll just give your life over to jesus everything will change and that's a lie everything does change spiritually everything does change eternally but everything doesn't change on earth We still have baggage. We still have things. Now, there are supernatural things that happen in our lives maybe that maybe you can lay down. I've seen people that have said, okay, boom, I'm not drinking. They were alcoholics. They gave the life over to Christ, set it down, never drank another drop. God can do whatever he wants to do. But for most of us, it's a process. It's a process. Here's what Luke says. Check out what Luke says. Luke chapter 9 says this. It says, then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower... You must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross daily and follow me. We'll leave right there. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Listen, it's not a one-time thing, you guys. It's not. It's not a one-time thing. Obeying God's word, following God's word is not a one time thing. It's not you're not going to say, "Okay, I'm going to do it right now. I did it on, you know, for me, February 18th, 1990. I decided I was going to follow God's word because guess what I had to do this morning? I had to get up and decide, am I going to do what God wants me to do today? And sometime during this past morning, I've said, Lord, I will follow you today. And then I began my day. For some of you guys, it may start out being an hourly thing. Maybe you struggle with all kinds of stuff and you're going to say, Lord, I will follow you for the next hour. I will follow you for the next two hours. It is a process. I have this pastor friend of mine who, who was dreading. He was so dreading. This other guy coming to camp, he, he had been friends with this guy and the guy kind of had a temper. All right. The guy had a temper. He had gone into the ministry, but he kind of had a little bit of a temper. He was a youth guy. He had a temper. And my buddy, my buddy from Tennessee, he said, oh, my gosh, man, I dread him coming down. I said, why do you dread him coming down? I said, he's been a pastor now for a couple years. He was like, no, man. He said, look, he said, I told him that they would have plenty of room for the guys and the, the room they gave us. There's going to be 20 guys in a room that's supposed to be for six people. They've just got bunk bed on top of bunk bed on top of bunk bed. And I know, I know this guy is going to go off. And I was like, well, I mean, at least he's in Florida, (laughs) you know? And I said, well, you've got rooms for him, right? And his adult leaders no, everyone's got to be in there. I said, yeah, he's going to go off. (laughs) He's going to go off. So... It's interesting though, he called me back. He called me back and he said, Hey, he said, I said, What happened? What happened? I've been thinking about you all day. He said, Man, he said, he didn't go off at all. He said, I I met him at the road and I started apologizing. And he said, Oh man, I'm sure it'll be fine. And I said, He said, What? (laughs) Because this wasn't his personality. And you know what he did? He began to tell me, he began to tell me how much this guy had changed just in three years. And I told him, I said, you know, it's amazing what will happen if you submit yourself to God. He must have submitted himself to God, submitted his anger to God, and it was a process. It was a process. It doesn't happen overnight. For most of us, it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. Every day you decide, today I'm going to choose to follow what God's word says. I'm going to raise my white flag this morning. Here's the final thing I want you to know. Our surrender is a response to the love of God. And I want to follow it up by saying this. Our surrender is not trying to attain God's love. It's not that. Our surrender is not trying to attain God's love. It's a response to the love of God. It's not trying to attain it. It's not trying to get it. It's a response. It's an overwhelming response to God loving us. That's what that's what um, our surrender is. Matthew 11 says this, and we can. I think we have that up here. Matthew 11, starting in verse 20, it says, Then Jesus said, it said, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And then it says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. And then we find out here again, like it said in the verse first, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Now, let me teach you what a yoke is. Now, if you're a farmer or you know people that are farmers, you know what a yoke is. A yoke is basically a double sided. um, It's a thing that you put over the necks of an ox. And there's usually two. They're really large. There's usually one on this side and one on that side. And it's to to put the the neck over the ox and and begin to walk together in plowing a field. Now, for a rabbi, though, for a rabbi, back in Jesus' day, rabbis had what they called their yoke, what they put on you. All right? A rabbi's yoke was his teaching. It was what he was teaching. Now, there were some rabbis back in that day that had a very difficult yoke. They would say, you've got to do this, and you've got to do that, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that. And we know people right now sitting in a pew right now somewhere hearing that yoke. (laughs) But that's not Jesus' yoke. The, The yoke is actually the teaching. Now, here's the cool part. All right, I want you to hear this. Here's the cool part. The way they would train an ox is they would put a very strong I mean, a, a, an, an ox that had done this for years, experienced, strong ox that knew exactly what he was doing with a young ox who didn't know what he was doing. A weak, young ox with a strong ox and they would put it over their necks and the strong ox would basically carry the load, teaching the younger ox how to do it because the yoke was easy to bear. And that's true for us. Listen, all Jesus has ever wanted for us is to be there and to walk alongside him and for him to show us what he wants us to do. And we don't have to carry the burden. We don't have, all we have to do is follow. All we have to do is, be, that's all he's ever wanted, is for us to follow And that starts with you identifying the fact that we have to surrender to what this Word says. We do. You know, last Tuesday, this past Tuesday, I was taking Blake to meet my brother up in Norcross. And we're driving on 285. Satan's Highway. 285. I'm just letting you know. If you have to drive on 285 to get to your work, you're, I mean, literally, and you can do it without losing your salvation, crowns all over your head. I don't know who you are in heaven because your crowns go to the ceiling. We're driving along, and it's, and guess what I got pulled up? Ways. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, Blake has got his headphones in, of course, because he can't go three minutes without them. We're driving, and we're driving around along, and my brother's already called. And I said, hey, man, we'll be there at 1230. Okay, cool, man. I'll see you then. Okay. And just about the time I said that, Waze popped up. Boop. Your route will take an additional 25 minutes. And I was like, great. Of course, 285. Of course it's going to take 25 minutes. And then a minute later, it popped up and said, we found a new route for you and you'll get there at your estimated time of 12:30. And then it asked me the question. Do you want to take it? And I sat there for a mile driving. Do I take it or do I not? And I was like, fine. Every ounce of masculinity within me faded away and I pushed the button, and it said, recalculating your route, turn in 1.2 miles. And I turned, and I started driving. I was thinking, man, this thing doesn't know what he's doing. I turned to the left. Man, I turned down some neighborhood I'd never gone to, and then I turned here, and then all of a sudden, it said, go back. I said, man, I'm going right back the other way. And I turned there, and I turned there, and all of a sudden, I turned the corner, And there's a huge sign that said 285. I was like, wow. And I took a left and I looked. And there was a wreck on 285 that was holding up traffic for 25 minutes. But where the wreck was, my road that I was going to get on was up here. There wasn't a car in sight. Everyone was stopped back here. And Blake said, he took, I didn't know he was listening. He took out his headphones, dad. Do you see that? It's amazing. It it took us right past the wreck. And we got on and we didn't lose any time. And I said, yeah, man, isn't that awesome? Wide open spaces. And then he said this. He said, I was watching what you were going to do back there. I wondered if you had learned your lesson in Destin. (laughs) And I said, shut up, Blake. And we got on and went right on. What is that? Well, at some point, you have to decide who to trust. At some point, you have to decide how your life's going to be led. At some point, you have to decide whether or not to truly allow the Word of God to speak. At some point, you have to say, I don't understand it. I don't understand this teaching all the time. But God, if you will teach me, I will be obedient to follow. Why? Because of all the great things that you've done for me. Not to earn your love, God. Not to try to act like I'm a better person. Only because of the way that you have shown your love for me. And that's what we need to do, is to raise the white flag. Let me pray for y'all. God, thank you so much for uh, a teaching that's actually hard, God. I. I You know, but your word says that your yoke, your teaching for us is not burdensome. It's not something that weighs us down. It's not something that has us uh, feeling heavy. And when we feel that heaviness, God, we are to let you have that. Just like the two ox, you want to carry the load. You just want us to be there for the ride. You want to show us, you want to teach us. You want to walk with us on a daily basis? God, don't let us be lied to by the enemy when we fail to say, oh, see, you failed. You don't love God. Oh, it's over. You're never going to be able to do this. This is not something. No, that's a lie. Because, God, we know that it's a process but Lord, let us be people that submit to your word. Let us be people that they don't try to take, do our own thing and do our own way. Let us not look at what society says and say, well, they must be right because, you know, I know what the word says, but they must be right because it sounds good. Good sounding arguments are uh, a dime a dozen, but your word stands forever. Let us be people that truly raise the white flag. In Jesus name, Amen. Let's stand up and let's have a final worship song. You guys stand up and let's sing. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 1115 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.